0: invite you tonight to turn with me in your Bibles, wherever you may be, to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter number 3. In the Word of God tonight. And I want to bring a message entitled, A Believing Life. A Believing Life. And as we begin here, we'll read uh, down through a portion of this and and we'll really deal with sections from every part of this chapter, but I believe there's some great truth that's very relevant for us in this day and hour in which we're living. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth." For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God, Cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these: anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created Him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved vows of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. I've come this far, I'm going to finish the chapter. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. "'Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. "'Children, obey your parents in all things, "'for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. "'Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, "'lest they be discouraged. "'Servants, obey in all things your masters "'according to the flesh, "'not with eye service as men-pleasers, "'but in singleness of heart, fearing God. "'And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Lord, tonight help us as we read and consider Your Word that we would have understanding, and that Lord, you would minister to the need of every life. For this, we ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight's message is titled, as I have mentioned, "A Believing Life," and I believe that sometimes we express that we take God at His word. We're fundamentalists in the respect that we believe that the Bible is literally true, and we we take God literally at His word and. Yet I've discovered that there are many people that profess that they believe certain things, but yet they don't live it. They don't live out what they profess to believe with their lip. We don't see it translated into their life. And you know, tonight I believe that there are some things that we need to consider. For the Lord Jesus promised after His ascension, that He would return to rapture the church away from the earth and to take us to glory with Him. This is something in the Bible that is known as the blessed hope. And certainly all believers, all true believers in Jesus, will lay hold of this promise and take great comfort in it. But, my friends, if we believe it, we're going to live like we believe it. If we believe that Jesus who died and was buried and rose again and ascended into heaven, said that I'm coming again. And the angels testified and said that this same Jesus which ye have seen go into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen Him go. If we really believe that, I believe that it's going to be manifest in the the way that we choose to lead our lives. There are many that are given over to lip service, to the idea of the imminency of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that 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 is brought forth in the passage that we're dealing with here this evening. And I believe that we need to consider our lives as believers in the light of the certain and the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, many will read through this and they'll fail to see what I'm talking about but it is all over this passage of Scripture and I want us to first take a take a look here at our union with Christ and it's so important because in verse number one the Bible begins by saying if ye then be risen with Christ and it's not postulating are you if you are no it is a a rhetorical sense in which The words, if ye, mean, since you are risen with Christ. It's speaking to those who have made a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, it's assumptive. It's assuming that these people that are receiving this letter are indeed believers in Jesus Christ. And since they are, there is some instruction that they are to follow. And so what we notice is, first of all, our past union with Christ is viewed at Calvary and the empty tomb. It's interesting for us to know that Jesus, who paid the price for all sin, died over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary, and my sin and your sin was laid upon Jesus back then. And so we can say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Jesus said that because I live, ye shall live also. So I was crucified with Christ when? Two thousand years ago at Calvary and I was buried with him. And the Bible reveals such in Romans chapter six, verses one through three. And I was risen with him. And so I see my past union with Christ as viewed at Calvary and at the empty tomb. So since I am risen with Christ, I understand that I enter into the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You and I enter into that since we are risen with Christ. And my friends, it stands to reason that there can never be a resurrection without a burial. And there is not a burial until there is a death, and so I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And so, sometimes uh, people have a hard time with eternal security. And sometimes religion doesn't help very much with that. Most a religion wants to add something to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And what the Bible calls that is another gospel. And the Lord revealed in His Word Uh, by the pen of Paul to the church in Galatia, though I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that you have received, let him be anathema. In other words, let him be accursed if he's doing anything to pervert the simple truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Adding to or taking away from the... The gospel of Christ is a perversion of that truth. And the Bible says, let that person be anathema. They're going to be cursed because they're not trusting implicitly in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But I tell folks often that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, we were not even born yet. And so Jesus... Paid for all the sin that we would ever commit in advance. Of course, He paid for sins past in our life. You say, I wasn't born yet. No, but we were alive once in the loins of Adam. And when Adam sinned, man fell. And hence, we were born dead because we were sinners. And Jesus took care of that past sin issue for us. And from Calvary's perspective, he saw everything down the road that was to come. And he took care of that in its entirety. And that is why when he gave up the ghost, he cried out, It is finished, because the battle was won. The victory was ours through the sacrifice of Calvary. So we see our entry into the life of Jesus in union with Him. As viewed at Calvary in the empty tomb. And then we see our present union with Christ. For the Bible says, For ye are dead, and your life, meaning the present life that we now live, is hid with Christ in God. So I am presently united with the Lord. And the life that we now live is characterized as secure in Him. My friends, if you wonder about the security of the believer, as many do, I want you to just consider this again. Your life is hid with Christ in God. You think about that. Your life is hid with Christ in God. It doesn't get any more secure than that. You see, that is a position that is impervious to the accusations of the accuser of the brethren. That is a place that is beyond the pale of man's ability to do anything. And the truth is that there is nothing in the world that will ever separate us from that that union that we have with Jesus Christ from when He saved us. He gave us not only everlasting life, which is a life without end, but He gave us eternal life, which means He gave us His divine life. Life. And if that life could ever end, it was never really life at all. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We read in 1 John chapter 5 He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Why? Because we have the very life of God, eternal life. And this life, the Bible says, is in His Son. So I am presently united with Jesus Christ. I was in time past, and I see my union with Christ as revealed at Calvary and in the empty tomb. I see my union with Christ in this life which I now live, and this life is eternal and is present in its tense. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me." We notice not only our past union with Him and our, our present union with Him, but we see our future union with Him. And herein we draw our theme for the return of the Lord. For the Bible says in verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. You see, this is what the Bible has referred to as the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. We read of in in Titus chapter two and verse number thirteen. This speaks of that union which is to come. There is the hope of the rapture that we find in the Word of God. And of course we know that great passage of Scripture in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4, "...but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, uh, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What we discover is that uh, Jesus is coming again. And we have the hope of victory through Jesus. We have the hope of glory through Jesus. And thank God we read in First Thessalonians that God hath not appointed us Under wrath, but to obtain salvation uh, through uh, Jesus Christ. We know that uh, the Bible reveals very plainly that the church is not going to go through the great tribulation period. That the Lord God will catch us away and we will be united together with Him. He calls us the Bride of Christ. And when He catches us away, guess what's going to happen? That espousal will be made complete. Uh, we will be joined in an eternal union to Jesus Christ and enjoy for seven years what is known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now can you imagine a marriage reception, a wedding reception that lasts for seven years? i got to tell you, that's going to be a time like none other. And I'm looking forward to it. So we look ahead, understanding our future union with Christ as revealed by the fact that He is coming to catch us all away. Now, tonight, as I speak to you, the state of Arizona is under a governor's order for uh, a curfew at 8 o'clock at night. There are people all over these uh, cities of Maricopa County, perhaps even down in Pima County, I'm not sure, but that are uh, protesting and rioting and looting and. And we we look all across the country at all that's going on today. A, 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 a black police officer in Oakland, California was killed during the demonstrations. And I know that there have been people injured and there's mayhem and looting and rioting and all manner of uh, evil that's taking place. And I, I just want to say something from the Word of God that the Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And there is no way, no how in the economy of God where people can do the things that they're doing in the name of protest that will accomplish a righteous end. If it does, then the Word of God is not true. What I'm saying to you is that we look all throughout the Bible and we can look at Jesus Himself who was treated unjustly. They suborned perjury against Jesus. They hired people to witness against Him. They conspired to put Him to death. The religious and political leaders of the day and the police force of the day. The same happened to the apostle Paul. In fact, as a citizen of Rome, he was denied his rights often had to appeal to Caesar and to have a hearing because his rights had been denied him. And the reality was this. Look, he just committed those things into the hand of God. He didn't become a crusader for, for criminal justice reform or for, for prison reform or for tort reform or social justice reform or political reform or whatever it was. No, he, he was a preacher of the gospel because he understood this. That kingdoms will rise and fall. Tyrants will rise and fall. There will be unjust uh, unjust dealings with men. There will be injustice. And he was not looking for justice to prevail this side of heaven until the Prince of Peace establishes his kingdom. Then, my friends, we will not see that even-handedly, even in this country that we love. And so what we must do is recognize that before true justice ever prevails, as it will in the kingdom, Jesus is coming again and people that feel alienated and people that feel disenfranchised and people that feel cast out and people that feel oppressed and People that feel depressed, and people that are are, uh, struggling for their civil rights, they say, I'm going to say this to you, they may die before that day ever comes, and if they die in their sins, they will split hell wide open and go to a devil's hell. And I'm saying that Jesus could come before that ever takes place. And if you've been a social crusader, and you have told nobody about Jesus, what have you accomplished? I'm going to tell you nothing. We accomplished nothing. What have you done? Tried to leave a legacy for yourself? Make a name for yourself? Write your memoirs? Listen, as believers, our job is not to make a name for ourselves, but to make a name for Jesus, to make His name famous. For neither is he that ploweth anything, or he that planteth, but God that giveth the increase." It's God that is of consequence. We say we believe it, but we don't have to live like we do. I'm simply saying to you that there's going to be some proof in our life. And we notice not only our union with Christ, but our proof that we believe in the return of the Lord. How how is that borne out in your life? What has changed by that conviction? How will we live our life tomorrow differently Because of that reality. Because of that professed conviction. Well, the Bible says there's going to be some differences in the life of those that believe that. And the Bible reveals this in verse number 2. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. You see, if we really believe that Jesus is coming for us, and we're going to spend not three score and ten, like we're promised on this earth, but forever and ever throughout the endless ages of eternity with God in glory, if we really believe that, do you know what? We're going to love the things of this life less and less, and the things of the Lord more and more. Now I'm going to tell you, I've been refreshed in my spirit by the many people who have called and who have written notes and have said, We miss church. We can't wait to get back to church. Sometimes it's true what they say. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when you can't do something, it makes you want to do it even more. That's the the law of the flesh. When we're told we can't do something, we really want to go do it. And the fact of the matter is this, that there are many believers who have been more passionate about wanting to come into the house of the Lord when they couldn't than they ever were before coronavirus was even heard of. And I'm glad that that phenomenon occurred in their life, but you know what? Once all of the restrictions are lifted and we don't have to wear a mask and we don't have to take temperatures coming into church and all of the such like, I wonder if that same passion and fervor will remain in our hearts. I remember after 9-11, how everyone was just so patriotic and flag-waving and we were thinking that revival is going to come to America and that the church houses will be filled, and they were for a week... Or two, And now we have people that are old enough to fight for our country and to vote that couldn't even tell you what happened on September 11th, 2001. Many of them <laughs> couldn't tell you where they were because they weren't even here yet. And unfortunately, we've forgotten. But you see, when we believe it, We're going to love this world and its things less and less and love the things of God and the heavenly more and more. You see, the believer's affections will be set upon Christ. They will be set upon the heavenly and not upon the earthly. And that's what the Bible is revealing to us. And so we notice this. Another evidence or a proof, if you will, that we really do believe in the return of the Lord is not only that we're going to set our affections on things above, but also our actions will reveal it. The actions of the believer will be motivated by the conviction that Jesus is coming again. Verse 5-11 through 11 talks about putting on certain things and putting off certain things. Putting off the sins of the flesh and and putting on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, elect of God, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies and, and all of these things. But what we see is this that the believer's life, his actions, are going to be changed if he truly believes in the return of the Lord. The final words of this chapter are there is no respect of persons. With God, there's no respect of persons. God is going to come and He's going to deal with us. Did you know that? He's going to reward us for what we've done in love for Him. And for those that have messed around with the things of the world, there's going to be a loss. Those things will be judged too, and there'll be a loss of reward. For those that know not the Lord, they're going to be cast into eternal judgment. The truth is, that the Lord doesn't have any special favorites. There's no of persons with the Lord. And so it behooves us all to behave ourselves as though what He said is true. I don't know about you, but when Jesus comes, I want to be found serving Him. When Jesus comes, I want to be found faithful. When Jesus comes, I don't want to be messing around with the things of this world, I don't want to be living in sin. I don't really want to be sitting in a in a movie theater when the rapture comes. I I'd rather be out telling somebody about Jesus. I'd rather be doing something redemptive in the name of Jesus. I I I don't want to go to heaven with with uh, uh, with sin and vice as a part of my life. I, I want to go to heaven. Knowing that I've taken the admonition of Scripture and in view of the future union with Christ, I mortify my members which are upon the earth, the Bible says it in verse 5. And it lists several things, for which things' sake cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Look, that's what the children of disobedience do. Those that believe in the rapture shouldn't be messing around with that stuff. And then he says, in the which, verse 7, in the which ye also walked sometime when you lived in them, but now. Ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. You know, listen, the closer we get to heaven, the more gracious we ought to be. The closer that we get to heaven, the more our actions will resemble, if we believe it, will resemble... The actions of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because after all, this morning I talked about the fact that God is molding a masterpiece. And when He is finished, it will look just like Jesus. And that doesn't mean we are going to take on the physical attributes of the living Lord. But what that does mean is that we will resemble Him in our conduct, in our attitude, and in our actions spiritually. The fruit of the Spirit will be the very things that characterize our lives and so the actions of the believer will be motivated by the conviction that Jesus is coming and I will stand before him one day these actions if I believe that he's coming will be righteous and they will be motivated by a pure heart and look I'm going to put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him in other words I'm going to look like Jesus as I take knowledge of Him. I'm going to look more and more like Jesus, which really speaks to my future union with Jesus because, look, we we mentioned it today, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. You know, how how does a person prove that they really believe in in the rapture? Of the church. Did they write a book about it? Did they go on Facebook and post something about it? You know, anybody can do that stuff. There's stuff I see putting out on Facebook that, you know, I imagine in a little while they'll look back on it and say, why did I do that? Why did I post that? That was silly. That was dumb. And, uh, you know, the fact is that, look, if I really believe Jesus is coming, the difference will be evident in my affections, it will be evident in my actions. And it will be evident in my attitudes. In my attitudes. You know, I'm not going to serve grudgingly. I'm not going to give to the Lord grudgingly. I'm going to do it cheerfully. I'm going to be that one that the psalmist wrote of I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. The Bible says that God loveth a cheerful giver. The Bible says, Serve the Lord with gladness that speaks to my attitude and if I know that Jesus is coming man I know that there's something better than this to look forward to and I'm excited about it and it's gonna be revealed in my attitude you know sometimes I I talk to people that have been saved for eons you know and they uh they just become a part of the woodwork in the church because they've been there so long and the truth is that some of those people that have walked with God for many years and now have sat in church for many years, they get cranky and they get crabby. And sometimes it gets to the place where you wonder, man, is the Holy Spirit of God even in them? Because I don't see any evidence anymore. The truth is, if we know in our heart that we're getting closer to heaven, how should we live? How should we conduct our lives? How should our attitudes reflect that? Conviction. Look at verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy. That means I'm going to have a compassionate spirit. I'm going to be kind in my attitude. Kind in my attitude. I'm going to be kind to people that aren't nice, don't smell good, that are obnoxious, to my spouse and my kids. I'm going to be kind to those that are trying to get over on me. Humbleness of mind. I'm going to be imbued with the spirit of humility and meekness long suffering i'm going to be patient in my spirit forbearing one another and forgiving one another i'm going to have a forgiving spirit and you know what i'm going to stand up even when i'm provoked and i'm going to be kind i'm going to be loving why because i believe jesus is coming again and when he comes i don't want to have the gall of bitterness in my mouth i don't want to be grinding on the sand of bitterness in my teeth i don't want to be upset with somebody carrying a grudge all the way to glory. My friend, there's no respect to persons with God. And sometimes we do things, but we do it grudgingly. And those things the Bible reveals here in verses 23-25 through are going to be evaluated by Almighty God. And there's going to be a reward or a loss of reward. And if I really believe that, it's going to change the way that I live. I believe that these things will constitute What we call the mind of Christ. It will affect my attitude. It will be evident that I believe that Jesus is coming again. So we see our union with Christ, which uh, really uh, testifies to the future event of the return of the Lord. We see the proof that we believe in the return of the Lord. It will be evident in what we love, our affections. It will be evident in our actions, the way that we choose to live our lives. And it will be evident in our attitudes. In our attitudes. Thirdly, notice that we see our service for Christ in the light of His return. The Bible says in verse 17, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Giving thanks while I'm doing what? Whatever it is that I'm doing. For the Lord. Whatever it is. Look, you can go to work tomorrow and if you're a painter and it's 100 degrees outside, you can paint as unto the Lord and that can rise to the level of worship in your life and that could be service to the Lord. Folks, I believe that we need to find an outlet in service to the Lord God that helps others to come to know the Lord as their Savior. Because listen, if we believe that Jesus is coming again, We're going to engage the work of the Lord. I want you to see this. The Bible goes on to give admonitions to families. And then it says to employees, verse 22, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So look, it's in context of what you do on your job, what you do at your home. So, in raising children, in dealing with my family, I need to do that heartily as unto the Lord, as though I were serving the Lord Christ, because indeed I am, and so are you. I believe that these works will be done with the belief that the One that is in me is coming for me. The One that is in me is coming for me. And I'm going to do these works with the conviction that there will be a judgment of the works of the believer. My sin will not be judged. It was already adjudicated at Calvary. But the things which I have done in my body, those things that I, I said I did as, a, as, as my spiritual and moral duty, those things will be judged. Those works which we have done, If I really truly believe Jesus is coming again, I believe what's going to follow that is a judgment of the believer's works. And if I believe that, how am I going to live? I believe that these efforts are just one more evidence of the belief that He's coming again and we will one day stand and give an account to Him For the Bible says in Romans 14.12, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. I want you to know today that anybody can say, well, I believe this and I believe that. But you know, there's going to at some point in time be evidence of that professed faith manifested in your life. And if there isn't, friends, It's just words. It doesn't mean anything. It's just vain words. I wonder, do you believe that Jesus is coming soon? If you believe that, how will your life differ tomorrow from your neighbor's? If you believe that, What will be different about your life as compared to the people that you work with? I want God's people at Freeway to live believing lives that manifest that they are living out what they believe. And I want it to start right here. Father God, we thank You for the Word of God. Help us in view of Your return To live believing lives. To not just profess that we believe certain things, but to demonstrate with a, a life that we believe it. Our heads are bowed. Many are contemplating this truth. And today I want to say something to you. If you're not saved, if you're not certain that your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven. And Jesus comes after today, after right now. Your doom is sealed. There's no hope. But God in love allowed you to tune into this broadcast tonight, hear this message, know that He's coming again, and you can be prepared. And if you've never trusted Him as Savior, you're uncertain that you're on your way to heaven. I want you to listen closely. The Bible says that all men are sinners. That's you and me. We're sinners because we were born that way and because we choose to sin. And there's a consequence for sin. The Bible says the soul that sinneth must surely die. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That separation from God in a place of eternal judgment that we call hell. But the good news is that Jesus loved you so much that He didn't want you to suffer that fate and He came to this earth and He lived a perfect life and He offered Himself as a sacrifice upon the cross of Calvary to take your punishment and mine for sin so that He could be holy in offering you forgiveness because the price for sin has been paid. And then, invite you to spend forever in heaven with Him because of His sacrifice at Calvary. Tonight, if you believe that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself, you know that you deserve to die and go to hell to pay for your sins, but you realize that Jesus loved you so much that He took your punishment. He died on the cross of Calvary, was buried, and He rose again to offer you new life with Him forever in heaven. And if you believe that tonight and you want to receive His forgiveness and the assurance of a home in heaven, I want to invite you to ask the Lord for that. He said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, I want you to, in a moment, pray together with me. As I pray a sinner's prayer, and I want to say that my prayer won't save you, only your belief and conviction that those words reflect what is in your heart, what you believe with all of your heart. And if you'd like to know you're forgiven tonight and that you're on your way to heaven, I want to invite you to pray with me just now. Dear Lord, I confess that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. I now invite Jesus into my heart and into my life to save me and to forgive me of all of my sin so that I may spend forever in heaven with Him one day. I'm now trusting in Jesus and Jesus only to save me and take me to heaven. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Enable me to live for Thee For this I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, on the authority of God's Word, if you believed what you prayed, you're now saved, your sins are forgiven, you're a child of God, and and one day you'll be in eternity with Him. And I want you to know when God gives you salvation, He gives it to you forever. The Bible says it's everlasting life, it'll never end. It's called eternal life. It'll last as long as God lasts, and that's forever. And I want you to know that God understands that we're just dust. He knows we will not be perfect, and tomorrow, should you sin, the blood of Jesus Christ will take care of that one too, because as I mentioned earlier, when Jesus hung on Calvary, every sin you would ever commit was in the future, and God saw those those sins too, and he took care of those sins also and so we can know in our hearts that we are eternally secure friends tonight Jesus is coming soon we're living in a time of pestilence of wars in our streets a time of unrest and everything is ripe for the rise of an antichrist to come to power but what has to take place first is the bride of Jesus Christ to be taken out of here. I believe He's coming again. I hope you do too.